everybody. My name is Dr. Jamar Tisby, and I'll let my co-host, I guess, introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm Dr. Nancy Wangyun, but we're just going to call each other Jamar and Nancy today. There we go. There we go. Um, so this, just to give you a little context for, for what the heck this is, um, we made our each other's acquaintance, um, I guess online a while ago, but then we just got to record a podcast for a different show and series. And I was just fanboying out. I'm like, I need to talk to Nancy way more. So we connected again and then we agreed to record some more podcasts sort of at the intersection of pop culture, film, TV, faith, um, and race. And so that's what this is. But the funny thing was the timing just worked out to where I was going to be in L.A., the in L.A. Person. area. Yeah. So in person. <laughs> so we we're going to do all of this virtually. But now we get to do it in person. So that's why the camera set up. Right. So like once once this takes off, we're going to have multiple cameras. <laughs> we're going to have a full studio, studio crew. <laughs> For now, these are just humble beginnings uh, to introduce you to the content. And I've always wanted to be the new DIY YouTuber. <laughs> I thought I missed that boat, but here very, we are. Very, always the opportunity to DIY, and you did it great. So thank you for hosting me. Yes, our in-home studio. Welcome, welcome. Uh, so <laughs> the timing, again, has worked out really well, because as we record this just yesterday were the 2022 Emmys. So... And what a 2022 Emmys it was. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're going to talk about some of the, the highlights, especially, or lowlights, um, depending on how you look at it, especially as related to race. But I think folks would be interested to know you're an expert in this stuff. So talk a little bit about, like, what you do and... Um, your interest in something like the Emmys and, and sort of popular culture? Yeah, so I started out, I mean, when I immigrated to this country, I think I watched television to figure out what is this country about, wow. what's the culture. I mean, I learned the language, I was watching Sesame Street, I learned English and Spanish at the same time. And just actually, you know, just back up even, I was about five when I immigrated, and I think I imagined the United States to be white. Because that was all that's exported to the yes. rest of the world is yes. white America. And and so I when I came to Southern California as a young immigrant, whoa, it was not white. It was mm. super diverse already in the late 80s, early 90s. And I was surprised, but also felt more like I could be part of this community because I saw other people who yeah. looked like me. And so but when I turned the TV... <laughs> There's no one that was like me. Story, yes. No one. So I actually gravitated to any shows that have people of color. Mm, because okay. I think even as a young person, I recognize that, okay, here's someone who is more like me. We are not in the majority, at least in terms of representation, but certainly some in California, you know, sure. pockets of majority groups. Um, and so I think that then television became this um, lens into, but also re recognizing that there was a discrepancy between mm -hmm. reality and whatever is on screen. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting, uh, television, movies as ways to sort of access uh, almost pieces of ourselves or representations of ourselves. I remember growing up um, Thursday nights, we would gather as a family 
And we all know how this went, but we we would watch two shows. We would watch The Cosby Show and A Different World. Me too. And it was just, but it was like the only thing, aside from when the Bulls were winning, because we grew up in Chicago in the 90s and so near Chicago. And so aside from like a, a, a sporting event when our teams were winning, that was the only time as a family we gathered around the TV and it was precisely because it was a window into or a reflection of a world you wanted or or wanted to see. So that's really interesting. And you're a a sociologist who, who, who studies race and culture and film and TV, right? Yeah. So I decided, I think when I entered college, I was really interested in representation. And when I went to grad school, I thought, okay, how do I, as a sociologist, learn more about Hollywood. And I was especially interested in kind of like what you said, who we're seeing on screen, yeah. right? Yeah. And so my thought was, well, why do actors of color even want to do this when all they're portraying are either side and inconsequential characters or stereotypes for the most part? Right. Um, of course, there were some positive representations here and there, but I imagined, and I would imagine correctly that, you know, actors of color, when they audition they are encountering a huge swath of stereotypes, right? Yeah. And and when I interviewed them, it was it was both worse than I thought, but also better. So okay. worse in the sense that people will be asked in audition rooms, like, be more black, be more Asian, be more Latin. Wow. There's no holding back in terms of I mean, now perhaps it's different after, you know, kind of more of a reckoning Could you be with more Hollywood. Ethnic? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That's I, what they said. Yeah. Can you be more ethnic? And they have to actors of color have to figure out because they're like how can we be more ethnic than we are? But it's fitting into ethnic stereotypes, yes, right? Yes. And so, but at the same time, they saw themselves as, um, I mean, they don't have a lot of control over the material, mm-hmm, right? So, so mm-hmm. actors actually are just kind of like, they are just, they just have to embody what somebody else wrote and what somebody else is directing. Right. But at the same time, because it is an artistic process and it is, you know, it's a group art world that is you know composed of many different creative people part of the process is okay how am i going to perform this maybe i'll change the dialogue maybe i'll challenge the costuming mm. maybe i will actually just say no and make a statement so all those things were coming out and you see that actors within a lot of constraints were able to be agents and a lot of times you know they are making a role that would have been worse a little bit better, yeah. right? Okay. Just through humanizing. Okay. But sometimes, though, they would do that and they would get cut, right? Because they didn't fit the stereotype. So, so there's yeah. all sorts of possibilities. So it just, I think, pulling back the curtains on what I realized was a much more complex world yeah. than what audiences just see. And so you bring all of that as a, as a, as a lens and a grid to evaluate something like the enemies. What, the, the enemies. <laughs> They are the enemies. What's that? Whoa. Freudian slip. Just yesterday, I called Seminary Cemetery twice in a row. So I don't know what's going on here. Um, The Emmys, not the enemies, although it could be. We'll get into that. Uh, You're bringing that lens and that grid. And even a couple years ago, I I can't remember, it was 2017 or something, Oscar So White, the hashtag, Mm. really took off. And it was like this moment of recognition nationally like this is inexcusable as we recognize actors and performers and people behind the scenes writers produce all those things it it, it is too white and so that's the backdrop every time an award show happens now so so when you so let's talk about the emmys that just happened you watched it live right Mm -hmm. so what first of all like 
Is it, does it feel like work? Is it exhausting? Are you going in? I mean, what's your mindset? I think it's, um, I'm always looking for, I mean, I'm just tweeting out all the people yes. of color winners, but in the beginning of the Emmys, for some reason, I feel like the last few years, it's a long time before we get to the first winner of color, mm-hmm. even if they're nominated, mm-hmm. right? And then there's this, there's still this panic. I'm like, are any of the winners going to be yeah, people of color? Yeah. There is this feeling yeah. still because I think, again, like not seeing myself growing up, not seeing anyone. I mean, Halle Berry is still the only woman of color to ever win Best Actress in Whoa. now we're approaching a century of, of Oscars, right? Closer to closer to that. And so, and women of color actually, interestingly, I think very rarely win in the Best Actress and, and they'll win Best Supporting. Sure. You know, but the Best Actress you know, the, the lead, the one that's usually opposite a white male because we're still in that phase of, yeah. you know, not really seeing two people of color romantic roles because then that's a ethnic film, right? Or ethnic show. Exactly. And and so I think we are, but we're, you know, things are getting better slowly. And so I think, you know, it, I think I, I felt like the Emmys had a lot of great wins and yeah. really exciting. Um, at the same time, I think uh, we could do better. Mm. Well, let's start with the host. It was Kenan Thompson. Yes. Which was really interesting. I mean, I, I, I want Kenan Thompson to win in life, <laughs> just overall, going all the way back to the Good Burger days, Nickelodeon days, all of that stuff. He's been a staple in the culture and the community on TV forever on Saturday Night Live. Yes. Right. So how did you think he did? I thought he was, he had a good balance between a little bit critical, but not to the point where it made people feel uncomfortable. Right. Um, but not to the point where it's like whitewashed, right? Mm-hmm. I thought actually the very, the opening, um, because he was the host and the opening kind of montage, it was a musical kind of thing of all the different uh, sitcoms mostly and show, or not just sitcoms, sitcoms, dramas. And, but I was just thinking, oh, all of those are, almost all of them are white. Wow. And then, like, Game of Thrones, for example, he came out, he had this long blonde wig. And that was so telling, because when he had the long blonde wig, it reminded me that so many of the characters were, like, light blonde, very, very kind of northern European, yeah. right? Not just kind of white, but whiter than white, right? right? And so, yes. Yes. like, I think even where the actors had to dye their hair blonde to look more white. <laughs> they were like, can you be more ethnic? <laughs> this time they meant Scandinavian, like, whatever it was. Yes, yes, exactly. Wow. And when he came out in that way, it just, it's just kind of a, a reminder of how white that world is. And as, you know, as he steps into those roles, almost like a Kind of like a Hamilton moment. I was like, what would it be if, like, actually a black man was in Game of Thrones? Like, yeah. maybe he's the king of the dragons or whatever. The <laughs> <laughs> father the more, of dragons. <laughs> right. It makes it all the more jarring to see an actual black man in this uh, this world that we know is is mm. very white in yes. terms of the... the but that was also, um, you know, that sort of sketch comedy kind of thing. I mm-hmm. thought Keenan was in his natural habitat Totally. There. He was hilarious, funny, but not like, again, not um, not like the Oscars where we just had um, <laughs> a lot of drama and people didn't know what to do with, mm-hmm. you know, the Will Smith incident oh, and my, Chris yeah. Rock. And, and so, and he kind of, I think he alluded to that when he said, Regina King's here and she's brave to come into another award <laughs> show because she was one of the hosts, co-hosts of the Oscars. So it was a little right. bit of just, he 
know, kind of nudge, nudge, but nothing, nothing, you know, uncomfortable. It wasn't um, distracting like no. some folks. Oh, but there were distractions <laughs> in the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not from the host, well, or at least not from him, but right, other, right. other participants. So as we look at the landscape of Emmy winners, um, it, it, it seems to me that the there is a conversation to be had about who's winning and who's winning what. Mm-hmm. Is it on camera? Is it off camera? Those kinds of things. Let's focus on on camera. Um, who are the winners of color that 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 you that stood out to you? Yeah. So the first winner is um, Cheryl Lee Ralph, right? Yes. Um, I totally cried at her speech she yeah. i think she she sang um a song and i actually don't know what i didn't look it up do you know what the song is from i don't know what it's from but it would just captured me and i think you spoke to some of the emotions that it drew out of you but it's just it's not something you expect from in an award speech which yes. she did and she yeah. has a huge musical yeah. broadway background so she's in dream her. girls yeah. and so it was something that it's almost like this is where I came from mm. and I haven't been rewarded yet. Yeah. But now I'm here and she talked about that, you know, never give up on your dreams. Right. And that really spoke to me because I have dreams that are not fulfilled yet. And mm. sometimes you feel like, well, I'm getting to a certain age and it's just Let never going to happen you. for me. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right? You think it's just never going to happen. It's a young, I mean, especially in the entertainment world, oh it's such goodness. a young, it's a young man's world, really. Okay. Right? Okay. Older women are the least likely to be hired mm-hmm. for things. Mm-hmm. They're either mothers or grandmothers or girlfriends, right? And so older women, they could only be mothers and grandmothers. And we know that mothers and grandmothers are usually not the lead of right. any show. They are just kind of this this character that exists to make the main, usually male lead, uh, more interesting. Like, look, mm-hmm. there's my grandma, there's my mom. Um, and so very rarely do you have an older mom be the lead of anything. And she is... Her character is amazing in yes, Abbott Elementary. Yes. Definitely. And they actually had an episode, I remember, where she thought, like, maybe I'm getting old. They go to the zoo, right? Uh-huh. And then she's like, <laughs> and I guess some some lizard or something that she's been taking the kids to see was retired. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, but I've always seen How are you gonna retire the lizard before me? Wait, what does that say? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, we were talking before we were both edu- we are both educators, but we you taught high school, right? And I, I taught middle school. So Cheryl Lee Ralph uh, plays one of the teachers on Abbott Elementary. And I'm telling you, well, that whole show just feels like a warm blanket for me because I taught in um, a public charter school in a very high poverty area. Our student body was 98% black. Um, all of the things that they're talking about so really sensitively and humorously in the show, we encountered. And I'm just like, if we'd had an Ele- Abbott Elementary show back when I was a teacher, I think I would have uh, been way less stressed. I would have survived it a little bit better. But anyway, Cheryl, Cheryl Lee Ralph actually reminds me of a couple of my mentor teachers, mm-hmm. um, Betty Sue Sanders, Wyvon Sisk. They were veteran teachers. They'd been teaching longer than I'd been alive when wow. I started and knew the community, knew the kids. You would watch their classrooms and it would feel like magic. Like, like what, what kind of sway do you have mm-hmm. over these young people that makes you so effective and they love you and you're strict and all of this stuff. It was so Shirley Ralph um, in all the best ways 
reminded me of real teachers who love kids and are really darn good at what they do. Amazing. Yeah, I think I I resonate with the show a lot, just seeing, um, you know, as an educator, both in high school and college, you work with a lot of different characters, right? <laughs> yes. And I think what's really amazing about the show, yes, and Shirley Ralph's um, portrayal is is so complex and well-rounded, but mm. in a sitcom format, which is yeah. very, very rare, because sitcoms... I feel like I haven't enjoyed sitcoms for a very long time. Maybe since the kind of uh, Cosby Show Different World era. Wow. Because uh, I skipped the Friends era. I was totally uninterested <laughs> in Friends. <laughs> and everybody loves Raymond. I just was, I checked out by then. And I yeah. haven't really checked back in until Abbott Elementary. Mm. And I think, like, I was uh, telling my family, we were talking about how we liked every single character. Because yeah. every single character resonated with mm-hmm, reality mm-hmm. but also were lovable and funny and they were they wanted to be in community because they all were seeking kind of a common goal right which is a very hopeful message during yeah. now because we yeah. <laughs> are such a divided country and and to have you know kids but not just kind of like oh my gosh kumbaya we're gonna make this yeah. urban school like a you know utopia nothing like that they actually <laughs> what was that michelle pfeiffer uh oh. high school film you know what i'm talking yes, about yes it, yes yes it, it, it is oh it gosh. is not that <laughs> it's the opposite of that yes. no no because i think they also still get at um difference and maybe stereotypes they uh, they're yeah. very smart yeah. about talking about the challenges of having, you know, a school that is uh, majority black and, and having limited resources. I love the whole kind of, um, how are we going to get more school supplies? And that oh, one, you know, yes. they, they did this, I think the principal who's hilarious, you know, does this very <laughs> stereotyped, talk about age, right? Because stereotype, stereotype that she was old, right? Yeah. Shirley Ralph's character was old and that the school, the, the students are so desperate and that they need, you know, kind of all this charity, right? And then I think at one point, like, white people come in and want to, like, film them and film themselves with them. So this is this is the reality yeah, of kind of white saviorism yes. and stereotypes about urban schools right. and the kind of need-based um, charity that people have. And so all of that is so smart. It's it very is, smart writing. It is very sophisticated, and folks will miss it if if they're if they're not familiar with sort of public education or school ecosystem. They'll miss it if they're just coming as consumers, which I'm not knocking because I definitely come to a lot of entertainment just to consume. But it's so stinking well done, even down to. <laughs> The white male teacher who is like uber super helpful and sensitive and just wants to get it right so badly, but is in many ways so clueless. It is it is wonderful. I'm wondering with Cheryl Lee Ralph, is there a sense with women and particularly women of color of you have to go through the paces for decades to earn this recognition, right? Because she's been in it in various roles, executing to a high degree for literal decades. Yeah. And now, finally, is it just because the right role came along? Is it because the Emmys are changing? Or is is there an element of, if you get an award, you, you really got to show us over a long period of time mm-hmm. that you've earned it kind of a thing. I don't know if you thought about that at that all. Is, those are all, I think, 
true in different degrees. And I would just nuance some of that to say that the right role coming along, there aren't that many right roles for women of color, especially older women of color. They just don't exist. People aren't writing them. Great point. Um, Again, the grandmother, mother, like that, that is a very limited uh, archetype. And so for her, she is those things, but that's, she's a teacher first. And she's like you said, a mentor teacher. She has her own um, friendship circles. You see her, mentoring but also her vulnerabilities that's right. that's, that's, that's the right. difference i think when you show a character's vulnerabilities mm. not just kind of like okay she's you know a great mentor and then that becomes she's only exists vis-a-vis the person that she's mentoring mm. right but no she has her own vulnerability so you start to the audience starts to empathize yeah. with her yeah and that is that's a show of a lead character and also a character that is award worthy. Right. And those roles just don't get written. And we know, you know, she, it's written because the the creator of the show is Kingdom Brunson, right? Yeah. And she is in the role. She's she created this. She's also stars in it, and she made this happen because right. she herself right. understands older black women, right? She knows Respects them. She's them. she's growing into one. Yeah. She she's she has personal stakes in this role right and it comes through absolutely yeah and authenticity of course right which i don't think that you know majority of the writers in hollywood are still white males and so they don't even necessarily think of her it isn't it isn't a conscious like we're not going to write any older black women roles it's they don't even necessarily knowing right except in this very distant way and so that distant way means that those portrayals are going to be very distant. Exactly. And and usually sort of very narrow set of roles. Very, well. very. And usually drawing on stereotypes because they, if they don't know any in their real life, then they rely on what stereotypes have come before. That's and we right. know the kind of angry black woman, the attitude, all those horrible kind of one dimensional uh, roles that we still actually see on screen quite often. Mm. I still see them in, mm. in various, various shows. It's like if they have the token Right. The token black woman, she still falls into those roles. And and it's again because of, you know, a lot of white writers and and there aren't that many roles. And so actors have to eat and actors want to build their career. So I'm not faulting the actors at all for taking those. And I think that, um, yeah, but then that's why it's so important to have a a show like Abbott Elementary, where it's lots of diversity, because we even have an older white working class woman. That actually is a role that I don't see yeah, very often, true except enough. in maybe like gangster, you know, movies or something, <laughs> the films like, you know, Sopranos or something. But very rarely do you see them in a sitcom and also in interaction with, um, you know, maybe black working class, but even maybe black working class that are a little even higher than them. Right. right More educated, right, right. especially you have King Ted Brunson's, you know, Ivy League background. Right. And you see those interactions and this is real. This is mm-hmm. real life. Because um, again, we don't see a lot of interracial relationships that are robust. Very true. Right? Very true. We're always segregated, right? There's the black show. There's well, there's the white show. That's every show. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the Asian show, right? And then and then they disappear. Never and the see twin one. show meet. Or that's mix. right. That's right. Yeah. So have a really to have a truly interracial, um, but in a sitcom way, I think that makes it that people are more interested in watching because they can laugh yes but then they learn and they think absolutely so i love this show yeah we can do we should do a whole episode (laughs) at the elementary but so we've been talking a lot about the writing let's talk about quinta brunson and she won for writing yes which is phenomenal right first of all she'd been in the game for a minute all the way from like youtube days and 
you know, just from hustle and talent and just working and working and working, she got this opportunity to write this show, Abbott Elementary, for which she has now won an Emmy. So it's this massive moment. Everybody's celebrating. You can't you can't not like her, right? And now she's winning. But there was a issue with the moment when she won. What what happened? So as I was watching, uh, the the presenters, oh my goodness, I can't remember the other dude's name, but um, it's, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on all their names. <laughs> this is mean. No, I'm, I'm like the opposite of like, I can't remember any names. I, I can't remember white dude's names either. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. I was almost going to say Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Not this time. And then the, this other dude who's semi-famous, <laughs> I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. He's pulling, so he's a presenter and he's pulling a kind of knocked out Jimmy Kimmel on the floor. And so I didn't even, I guess he's supposed to be drunk or I don't even know. So it was, it was a bit, right? It was yeah. a comedic bit. Pulls him and he doesn't even wake up. He's just laying there. And then this dude announces, you know, Kunta um, Brunson as the winner. And she comes up, Jimmy Kimmel doesn't move. He's still there. So she actually yeah. has to step over him and give her speech. And the whole time he's there. So if the camera that doesn't, you know, zoom in on her. He's in the frame. Right. right? On the floor, lying on the, on the floor, ground as if he's of, dead or... Right, so then you, people yeah. are, can't help but look at him, right? It really course, takes the attention. lying on the ground. And I just thought, I tweeted out, I thought it was, uh, I was so excited for her because I love the show. I think it's the best sitcom to come along in forever. And, but then I saw him and I was like, you know, this is not even funny and it's rude. Yeah. Just plain rude, yeah. you know, because I think at one point in her speech, uh, Quinta says, um, wake up, Jimmy, I won. I won. Mm -hmm. And I think all he does is like, he puts up like a thumbs up. So he's not that completely out. Get out. <laughs> right, that's where he goes, where he gets up and like applauds her and fades into the background. Right. That's what, that would be the classy thing to do. Absolutely. And he didn't do the classy thing. He just laid there. So, yeah, and you tweeted that out, CNN picked up the quote, I saw it, I'm like, yes, good, it needs to be amplified out there, yes. because you're like, you know, it, it was it was unfunny, it was rude, yeah. it, ste it stepped on her moment, she yes. literally had to step over him. Oh my gosh. And this, so, so funny enough, when I was watching it, it was that zoomed in view, which, you know, the producers of the show obviously knew, yes. like, we cannot show this dude <laughs> lying on the ground. So I didn't even know he was there, because I missed the lead up. So all I saw was her and I was like, oh, that's so great. And then it was only later that I found out that Jimmy Kimmel was on the ground there. And I'm like, that would she, be so awkward. She had to give that speech with him laying there the whole time. Can you imagine? She had to be that's classy. She had to rang it in she can't you know be mad i mean in the interview she's like oh you know i didn't mind that much and yeah but then she said she was gonna uh, go and on the show <laughs> on wednesday we we're actually recording this on wednesday so it's tonight um <laughs> that she's like maybe i will punch him and maybe uh you know i'll get mad then but she's yeah. joking like still joking right so very much like because if she actually did something, I was thinking, because a lot of people were like, oh, maybe she should have just stepped on him with her, with her spikes, her stilettos, you know? And I thought, you know what, that is, that's going to backfire on her. Big time. Yeah, that's not going to, that's not going to work, even though he does. But I was thinking if a white dude won and did something like kind of joked about him, like, get up, Jimmy, and like, that would have been okay, it right? It been nothing. But yeah. for her, the race and gender difference what made it impossible for her to do anything except what she did, which was, you know, joke with him a little bit 
and then give her speech as best she could. It speaks to how people of color, particularly black women, all it, it can never ever sort of let their emotions show, react in the moment the way a lot of white dudes would or could. The ramifications, especially in that moment, people would have been talking about whatever she did in the same sort of almost the same category as like Will Smith, Chris Rock, like, oh, the scandal of it all, the spectacle of it all. Um, what I found really interesting, you know, that, 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 that the thing that happened with Kimmel on the ground there was really, really disappointing. But I found so interesting Quinta Brunson's response afterwards. She was asked a question by a journalist about that moment. And to me, and I'll be curious about your response, but she gave, to me, she gave a very human response. So she was like, oh, it didn't bother me that much, but essentially let me think about it. I'll see how I feel later kind of a thing. And I thought that was so real and authentic because I've been in those situations where something potentially offensive happens in a moment when you're not expecting it. And you, you, you don't know quite what to do. And it's not that you are, you have like, low self-esteem or anything, or you don't know to be offended by it. It's just, there's a lot going on. And those things kind of take a minute to, pro I mean, she just won an Emmy. She just had to give a speech in front of national TV, right? And she's doing her best to stay focused and on it. And then she also comes up and says, he, he's one of the ones who gave me a break early on. And I'll tell you, we were talking earlier about you know, dreams and, you know, aspirations that we still have that haven't quite come true. When those people come along and give you that chance to help you achieve it, that's a, that's a gratitude that, that persists, right? And that's a loyalty for better or worse that persists. So I don't know what folks on Twitter said or whatever about her response, but I was like, I get it. I understand. Yeah, I don't think anyone faults her for her response. It's just they wanted retribution yeah. or they wanted, they didn't want that to happen and they wanted there to be more action. But there were, I don't think there was anything she could have done different. That's right. Um, but we'll see what tonight on the show. <laughs> I hope he says He's something, of, yeah, some sort of contrition or something because that was just rude. I mean, maybe he's thinking, I, I, Maybe he's like awkward and he's like, I, I don't know when to get up and I don't want to do it in the middle of her speech because that would also be right, distracting. Right, right. It's like he missed his moment and he's like, I got to commit now. I'm, I'm really, just... when she said, wake up, Jimmy. That was your... That is literally the yes. time he could, instead of yeah. saying yes, he could have just gotten up and, you know, he really, he didn't get, he, he was not on the ball with that one. Right, I don't... Because that would have been perfect. It was totally perfect, but... Because um, his co-host said he had just, he's gotten into the skinny margaritas before they presented, it was a, supposed to be a joke as part of the bit, but maybe he did. I don't know. So it was, <laughs> it, it was just like that person... We were all waiting for her to win. We were all just on pins and needles. She's going to get it, right? And then she does. And then this thing is what we end up yeah, talking about. It reminds about. me of also Moonlight not yeah. getting the, you know, best um, best picture, picture right away. I mean, that was also another mistake. But I think someone had said that. Was it Jimmy Kimmel? 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting? That like distracted the moment when they did win. I I, I didn't read it too carefully because I was actually frankly like just I've had it. It was. <laughs> I didn't want to read any more of this like kind of distraction away from the very few precious people of color that are winning. Yeah. To have to read about all the like inadvertent or conscious or unconscious sabotaging yeah. Yeah. that happens. Because I remember being, I was literally glued to like my TV set for Best Picture that year for Moonlight. Sure. And then when it was like La La Land, I was like, Doom. yet again. You know? And then, <laughs> and then it was, I was. I screamed. I was like screaming because I really thought that Moonlight deserved it. Yeah. And then, and then the fact that it won, I was over, you know, I was overjoyed, but then they didn't get their moment because right, of that right. whole confusion. Well, all of it speaks to like, because these moments are so rare, there's so much pressure on that mm. moment. Yes. If it had been a white writer or white actor, you know, that happens like, oh, come on, dude, you know? But this black woman winning in a writing category, because it n almost never happens, that moment holds so much hopes, promise, dreams, all of it has to be encapsulated in in this you know 60 seconds and that's part of the problem yes is that there these these moments are so few and far between that everyone has every every single one has to be perfect yes which is impossible just in general right, right. but then when when those moments do come and they don't go well or as planned or as envisioned it sticks out all the more which is just another symptom of the fact that it happens way too rarely. I mean, Issa Rae didn't win. Oh. And this was her last chance, right? Yeah. Not her last chance ever. Ever, right. <laughs> right. show, yeah. <laughs> but with Insecure, that right. this is the last season. And I was I was sad, actually, that she... I don't think she ever won an Emmy right. for... Uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, 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 don't, I, I feel like I don't think that she ever did. Um, but she was the one that said, you know, I'm rooting for everyone black. <laughs> and, I mean, that totally resonated with me. I'm like, yes, you know, because that's how I feel when I'm watching <laughs> the Emmys. I'm just rooting for all the people of color. And, and, you know, I'm rooting for the Asians as well. And and actually, Squid Game did win a couple yes. uh, a couple awards um, on uh, on in the ceremony, but they had one other Creative Arts awards, oh, and yeah. and that was um, exciting because Lee Jong Jae is, I think, the first Asian to ever win in his category for Best Actor or Drama, and I think yeah. that Squid Game was also the first non English to ever get nominated. It didn't win the best series. The best series went to. Surprise succession. <laughs> and so anyway, so then um and also Rich like and, and, and comedy. I actually thought Abbott Elementary deserved best comedy, but and instead it went to Ted White Lasso, yeah. Lasso right. Yeah. Which second season wasn't as good as first season. So, you know, they tried to get real tender in, in season two. Um <laughs> and, and there were definitely some moments, but I mean so Abbott Elementary has been um NBC's best comedy series in years like over a decade and, and and that in and of itself tells you like what a what a cultural moment they hit on how quinta and her writers and her team threaded the needle to to create those characters i thought they actually had a had a really good chance to yes win. i think they did and again yeah network television having having a show 
is <laughs> because the streaming i mean they have a lot more resources right yes. yeah i think it was one bit that mindy kaling did it was like y'all are lazy because we you know back in the day we had to do 20 series 20 episodes <laughs> with very little resources now you have unlimited resources and you just have to make like 10 or something right <laughs> and so and like yes. white lotus specifically i guess they've made it on some sort of resort oh my goodness. <laughs> so mm. i didn't catch that one either but um <laughs> but just yeah i think that uh that yeah abbott elementary really just deserved all the flowers and it got two and then one of them <laughs> was just an interesting yeah. kind of uh, half of know. the acceptance went really really well <laughs> and for her part I mean Quinta still did a phenomenal job she I mean, did. Her, her speech was so good and she looked amazing I oh. mean not to be like superficial but she really did and and she I think met that, that moment yeah and, and Zendaya looked beautiful I mean there was just it's these perfect kind of um, it's like, you know, as a woman of color, just l- watching them and feeling like, gosh, they're, they're just giving us so much hope. Yeah, right. Yeah. And again, and, but also the kind of perfection they must be exactly. because they're held to such a high standard by, you know, whites, but as well, as well as, you know, com- their own communities, because it, like you said, right. Yeah. And so it is a lot of pressure. Um, and I feel like it's interesting because I think the squid game folks probably don't have that burden because mm. they're. They're, they're huge stars in South Korea. And so they're coming over here. This is nice. Americans are, you know, but for Asian Americans watching, we're like, oh, this means yeah, something yeah, to us US. because even if it's a, you know, in a different language, like I watched it with subtitles. I, I realized a lot of people watched it dubbed, but just seeing Asian faces in, again, a variety of roles and okay. complex roles and and also it was a show about inequality and mm. so it was critiquing capitalism and i just i love that you know that other countries have a kind of better grasp on class differences because i think we always talk about race sometimes gender we don't talk about class enough no succession country. wins an award right like, <laughs> let's talk about these billionaires oh that's true yeah. there is talk about class. we're enamored with the wealthy exactly. white folks that exactly. is what this country i mean to talk about you know the last president right i think people like he, he came to fame because of kind of his wealth and i think that um you know our, our country is very very obsessed with that yeah and so, yeah, and so it wasn't a surprise necessarily that it won, but it is kind of like, you know, how many more rich white shows, you know, right. are we going to have with so many, so, so many. And that's why, yeah, these few kind of amazing, you know, shows coming from other countries as well as coming out of talent that some of them, some of whom like Cheryl, you know, Cheryl has been here forever, ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so the Emmys, you know, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions for sure. Oh, and Lizzo winning. Yes. And talking about representation in yes. the way that she did, where she talked about like when she was a little girl, she wanted to see someone, you know, black, big and beautiful. And then she wishes she can go back and tell her, well, that's just, that's going to be, gonna be you. you. <laughs> that's Isn't it. that powerful? Yeah, that so was powerful. such a powerful moment. Um, these folks being like, that's hard to get on national television and be, you know, basically say, I never saw myself until I became what I wished I would see. Mm-hmm. And we'll never even know all that went into that. And that's just for Elizabeth, for any of the actors of color or writers or whomever won. All of that that took to get there. So it's hard for me to sort of like feel it deep in my soul because it's still on a screen and these are still big famous people. But I believe it, you know, I've, I've experienced in my own tiny, tiny little ways what, what that's like. 
Um, I have a thought. Yeah. So Quinta and Issa and Lizzo all came up DIY mm. through like, I mean, I think Quinta Buzzfeed, you know, there's, there's a little more, but also just kind of coming out of, um, popularity on social media platforms, right? YouTube. And that is, that's because Hollywood is not giving them the opportunities. Right. They had to really build that up themselves. They're they had to build up their, their presence through a very kind of democratizing of content. That's right. That's right. Right. That's right. And so even now, as we're doing this, this is kind of like, <laughs> we're not, you know, it isn't like a Hollywood this studio. This is not the Hollywood <laughs> studio yet. Yeah. But the fact that we can do this, right. the fact that our voices can be heard, I think, yeah, like me um, being in academia prior and not really knowing how to kind of reach, you know, people in Hollywood, people outside and being able to use Twitter, going through social media, mm, like that's, it's a really exciting yeah. moment. Yeah. And I think that's why we're seeing such amazing content coming out of, you know, people of color who have been silenced for so long or never given the opportunity, exactly. but always having those stories, exactly. those really great stories yeah. that I think reach much, much you know, it's not just for their own community, but beyond. Absolutely. Right. And, and I think it's, I think about myself, like, you know, sitting at the same time as you watching the Cosby show, watch wanting just our, just the experience of the other mm -hmm. only because we're othered mm -hmm. and we are not othered to ourselves, right. Right. <laughs> but these experiences and these stories that are told that resonate because um, because we're just not seeing those and we want to see them and we want to feel like we are part of culture, right? Exactly. And I'm not having that. And so, you know, the Emmys rewarding some of that now yeah. and yeah. the Oscars as well because, but that is because like you said, uh, hashtag Oscar So White came out of April Rain, you know, she's mm -hmm. an activist. So it, it, she's a black woman. And so people of color are feeling like, what the heck is going on with the Oscars? And then that taking off and actually reaching some of the kind of elite, like Spike Lee, Jada yes, Pinkett Smith, yes. you know, actually going on social media and boycotting, boycotting. the Oscars. Mm -hmm. But that still came out of grassroots mm -hmm. on the ground, just people, right? Well, yes. It, it speaks so much to. If people of color are going to have a shot, have a chance, so often we have to go around the traditional gatekeepers. That's, right. that's what social media has allowed folks to do. That's what things like, tick, that's how, you know, that's how people can have like a YouTube show or, or, or a TikTok channel. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that leads to something, right? So now it's sort of a legitimate place for finding talent, but there's still the gatekeepers. And even, it's not like, Folks standing at like the 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 in in the driveway of the Hollywood studio with their arms crossed and saying, "No people of color," it's it's their network of people who they know or don't know. They're not in. They're just not in those conversations to even know that it, they're missing anything. So I think that's a huge piece, and I think along those lines as well, it's really important that shows like Squid Games win awards because. They are doing fine without the Emmys. They're doing fine without the U.S. Audience. I mean, that's great, right? But they're legitimate superstars where they are. I think that's healthy for me as a person in the U.S. to say all culture is not coming out of this place. That's right. That there's actually great content worldwide that we just don't 
ever take the time to access. And occasionally when it happens, it kind of reminds us, oh, we're not the center of the globe. And those stories are going to be different from people of color telling stories in the United States because we are, we cannot completely leave the kind of oppressive stories behind, right? right? And for them, they're not oppressed. And they are, I mean, there's you know, class oppression, there's all sorts of stuff, yes. right? There's always oppression wherever we go. But it's not the kind of racial system yeah. that we yeah. know of. Yeah. And of course, there's global, um, there's global, I think, white supremacy, certainly, especially in the countries that have um, had colonial and Asian countries are not completely devoid of that, right? right. There's wars, there's still power. And so I don't want to, you know, kind of just throw that out because those, that's a no reality. Utopia, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like there's a lot of discussions of um, plastic surgery in Asia, uh, right? Does that have to do with whiteness, uh, or is it skin whitening is something that's class based because people who are you know able to stay at home and be rich and mm, not have to go in the sun? Mm. It's it's so complicated, and, and is you know because South Korea has a huge like I mean a lot of the stars have to undergo plastic surgery. It's just part of the culture. Goodness. So um, so performance and that not everywhere is utopic, right? These kind of right. <laughs> um, these kind of programs, and and yet um, they are telling stories that. Sometimes the stories don't they they completely resonate, but there are stories that are unique to that culture, mm-hmm. and I feel like that opens us up to, like for example, K-pop. Yes, yes, right. The kind of um, negotiations of masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. are different, mm-hmm. right? Very different. <laughs> like I, I sometimes I watch K-dramas and, and and look at BTS, and I think, wow, their fashion is. You know, yeah. like I cannot even. I've never seen men's fashion like that, right? Because <laughs> and it's, different it's, hair colors. All that stuff. Right. We don't really have as much of that here because of toxic masculinity, exactly. perhaps. Yeah. Right, and just kinds of very limited ideas of what men are supposed to be. And I think that you know all of that kind of helps us to be able to grow as a society. Well, who knew? An award show could lead to some such deep insights about our our nation, society, and culture. So thank you so much for sharing your reflections on the Emmys and hopefully we'll just schedule this again for for next year and when there's even more winners of color doing quality work. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks.